0: in Luke 10 again, as we have been the past few weeks. So Luke chapter 10, um, we're going to focus in on verses 5 through 9. And um, just to recap, you know, Jesus is talking to 70 followers, 72 followers who are um, about to go from town to town per Jesus' instructions and Declare the good news of the kingdom. They end up going and doing that and experiencing some really cool things. Like sick are healed, demons are cast out. There's a lot of power and authority in Jesus' name. And so we've just been unpacking this story slowly. Uh, we're going to keep doing that today, and then next week will be our last week in Luke 10. So um, as you're turning there, before we actually read anything, um, I thought it was good to address this part first. So I want to talk about the posture um, of our hearts as we dive into these verses today and so we're going to read instructions from Jesus and I think it's important for us to to recognize how our hearts are receiving the instructions right and so um, and you can divide it into like two phrases sometimes you receive instructions and it feels like you have to do them and other times you receive instructions and it feels like you get to do them right? Have to and get to are very different, the disposition of your heart, right? So just to flesh this out, it's a very simple concept I think you'll catch on. You've probably already caught on, but let me tell stories anyway. Um, So an example of of have to, when I had my first job at Taco John's when I was 16 (laughs) years... What was your first? I'm just kidding. Uh, No, it it is hilarious. And uh, oversized shirt, grease everywhere, a visor, all of this stuff. Um, no, it was not a visor. It was just a hat. But anyway, you know, i John's. But I remember my, my boss um, giving me instructions on how to clean the bathroom, right? In that moment, do you think that was a have to or get to in my heart? It was a have to, right? That's an example of going, okay, I have to do this. I have to clean that up, right? You know, and so that was a have to moment versus, I remember at Christmas time when my grandma and grandpa, they hid money all throughout the house, which is a very fun thing um, to have all throughout the house, and they gave me instructions on how to find the money. Was that a have to or a get to moment, right? I was not like rolling my eyes at having to go find the money that I was going to keep, right? And I think it was like 50 bucks, it was just like, that is insane that there's just money in places. That's so cool, right? That was a get to. Or I think about like, um, if you go to like Belmont or Lipscomb, I don't think this is how it is at Vanderbilt, maybe though, but mandatory chapel credit, right? It's like, it's, it's kind of a weird merging of worlds, like a spiritual world, which is like good and life-giving with mandatory instructions, like, and so I just remember like uh, having to graduate and checking like how many credits I needed. Have you ever felt that? Has anyone at Lipscomb Rebellion felt that? And like, oh shoot, I've got to go to chapel, right? And although I would love to say, it was like a, I can't believe I get to do this to graduate college. What a gift. You know, it was like a, oh my gosh, I've got to go to like seven chapels in five days, like right now. Like it's got to happen, right? So that was like a happy moment versus, I remember, did you guys ever do a, um, a prayer around the flagpole? What's that called? See you at the pole. <laughs> guys, I thought about that a lot this week and could not get the name, and it's just see you at the pole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wasn't like a creative genius. It's just like, hey, see you there. All right. And so you guys remember those? And so it's like, I went to a public school. And so whenever um, like Christians were like, hey, it's see you at the pole, apparently that's what they said. And and we would gather around this like flagpole and pray over our school, over our government, whatever. If you've ever done that, um, for me, that was like a real get to moment. It was really cool because it was like, wow, like this isn't something someone's making me do. It's like, it's a really fun moment. I don't have like chapel or Christian stuff happening in this like public school. And so it felt special. Like I, I got to do it. And so today, as we're talking about these instructions that that Jesus is giving this this group of people, I get the sense that this group of people have realized who Jesus is. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior of the world. This is extremely substantial news. It's a big deal. They have Like, seen God and seen Jesus, and like, okay, wow, that is um, both human and God. It's God incarnate, the Son of God. They've realized how big this news is, and we've covered this already, but their response is to leave everything behind and to follow Jesus. And so you get this, like, feeling um, as they're, like, listening that they're, like, like, eager. They're chomping at the bit. What do you need us to do? And although they're receiving instruction— right, real responsibilities that they have to say yes to, Um, you get this vibe that it's like a get-to moment for them. They're so eager to go. Like, they're just waiting. Like, give us the instructions, and then we're out of there. And I think it's just important, like, Picture like if you were sitting in a living room and there was music playing while you were having a conversation. This first part's the music in the background. In the background, when we talk about everything we talk about today, I want you just to be aware of the posture of your heart. As we're talking through this, do I feel like I'm getting told something that I just kind of have to do because I'm a Christian, you know? Or does it feel like a, I get to do this? And whatever the answer is, dig deeper there. Because I think there's seasons where it's not a bad thing to go, oh, I have to do this thing. It's in the word. That's a good kind of obedience. Like, it's easy when you have to do something you don't want to just to not do it. So it's not like I'm not demonizing when you feel like you have to do something. But check your heart, because I think there's such a gift in, in declaring and in demonstrating the goodness of God to people. It's a get-to, it's a privilege To know Jesus, it's a privilege to talk about the goodness of God. It is an absolute honor to be able to utter the name Jesus and talk about a personal relationship that's available with him. And so in the background, the background music of today, go, God, will you just search my heart as I hear these words, as we talk about things? Do I feel this like have to pressure? And if I do, what's underneath that? And over time, God, will you just slowly sort of transition my heart and help me to see what a privilege it is to do the things that we're going to talk about today? It's a privilege. It's a get-to moment. Like, and so, anyway, yeah, makes sense? Yeah, this is a get-to moment, um, and so let's, God, help us to see that, right? Let's just pray for a second. I really, yeah, let's pray. God, will you help us to um, see the privilege in this? I think, I don't know if it's because it's not um, often a normal part of our lives. It's not a normal um, discipline or routine of, our, of ours to, to go and to talk about you, Jesus, and and so it feels like this weird pressure because it's not natural. It doesn't feel normal. It doesn't feel instinctive. Um, but God, will you just, um, not to shame us, but to, to show us the, the beauty of your invitation. Will you show us the, the beauty that it is to, to talk about you, God, to, to, to show your love, to show your goodness, to be bearers of your news, to be bearers of the news of Jesus Christ. Like, it's such an honor. It's it's we're not worthy to say your name, but you've called us worthy in Jesus' name, and so um, we just acknowledge that. Check our hearts this morning, God. Awaken us to the beauty of this conversation. To the, it's just it's magic that we get to know you and have salvation and and share it with other people. That's unreal. Even as I'm praying, I'm just like, if I had the lottery numbers and I could give them to everybody and everyone got to win so much money, that would just be such good news that I wouldn't want to hold to myself. And God, help us to see like that. Like there is nothing better than knowing Jesus. There is nothing better than a a relationship with you, God. We were made for it, and you've invited us in on the story to share this with other people. It's a gift. Help us to see it. I love you. Um, guide my words this morning. Um, soften our hearts. Give us discernment of what might be weighing us down, um, if there is anything, in, uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's read um, Luke 10, verses 5 through 9. And uh, this is a new thing I'm doing, and I guess we're just going to keep doing it. Would someone be willing to read that out loud for our church? So Luke 10, you got it? 5 through 9. more. Could one more person read that out loud for us? Someone take it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, So we're going to unpack this on sort of like, there's three simple things here. Go, say, and do. That's going to be, if you're a note taker, like that's going to be just what we're going to, bap, bap, bap. We're going to hit that real quick. It's going to be simple. um, I think really cool. So um, go, say, and do. And so um, let's start first with this instruction to go. So, right, he's sending this group of people out to different towns to do this work, to declare something, to pray, to bring healing, etc. And so, um, this instruction to go, I had a moment where I kind of like corrected my own, I feel like in the past few weeks, we've been talking about going and having eyes to see and hearts to engage, like in that story with the Good Samaritan. We've been talking about going as an as-you-go approach, meaning wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you work out, wherever you play, wherever you hang, wherever you chill, whatever, have open eyes to see. So as you go, just be aware, which is very good. That's a good thing. Open eyes, wherever we're at, huge. But I just realized as I was talking to Brandon uh, this week, he's also teaching, he's teaching at Marathon, and he just pointed out, the Good Samaritan is definitely like an as-you-go story, as you're traveling. But this one's not, actually. This is a little different. Jesus is saying, um, set aside... Time to go somewhere, right? It's a very intentional thing that's happening. So it's not like so like as the wind blows you, just pay attention. Like it's like, no, go there and be prepared, right, to do something. And so it's this conscious decision. It's on purpose. And so um, I think we already addressed this a little bit, but this go in the Christian realm, it can come with like pressure. Um, but remember in this story, he sends them out and they return. So it's like this exercise. It's not like this move to a new town, although maybe God will call you to do that, or this like go to a different continent. It's just, hey, go there temporarily with this, this purpose, with this intentionality, like you're, you're making it happen on purpose and then come back and we'll talk about it. Right? And so there's this emphasis on on going. And so, and notice that in this passage, these instructions from Jesus to go are just full of anticipation. I just noticed that as I was even this morning as I was like preaching through it, I was like, oh wow, I just noticed the anticipation in these instructions. It says, go, heal the sick. What is that anticipating? What is that anticipating? the sick will be healed, right? It's like, go, heal the sick and tell them these things. And so Jesus is saying, hey, go, set aside intentional time in your day, like be on purpose. And as you go, posture of the heart, anticipate much. Like go ahead and like thank God for it before we even get there. Like God, thanks, because this is just what you do. When your children are obedient and we go, you do display your works. Like you do things. It works out that way. We're going to flesh this out more as we go along. And so, like, just a reminder to me and to us that it's an intentional, like, it's an important Christian discipline that, that we go, God, I will regularly set aside time, blocks of time, in my day, in my week, in my month, and I will just go to places with the, like, with the purpose of displaying your goodness, of sharing with my words, your goodness. Jesus is going, just go on purpose, do these things, and share these things. Okay, so these words aren't like um, suggestions, right? They're, they're commands. This is uh, like one of those command parts, which is a bummer at times, because it's much easier for me to see like verses that, like, one of my favorite verses in Luke five sixteen, where it's like Jesus would go away in desolate places and in solitude, like be with the Lord. I'm like, God, sign me up. I'll go with you to the ends of the earth alone in solitude and not have to talk to anybody. I'll follow you. <laughs> Where are you going, right? But this isn't one of those. This is one of those, like, I actually have to go and have encounters with people, right? Like, like, go wherever you're comfortable, right? If this is Home Depot, that's the example Brandon was using. And I was like, wow, that is a very you thing. I don't go to Home Depot. When I go to Home Depot, I'm in total foreign territory with no idea what's happening and what the signs mean. You know what I mean? The helpful signs with the words on them that are supposed to bring clarity. And I'm like, what is any of that? I don't know. I just need paint. Please show me the paint, you know? Anyway, but wherever your place of frequency is, but maybe going there with intentionality. If that's Fido. You know what? I'm going to Fido and I'm going with a little bit of a different purpose today. It's like, if it's the park or the dog park. I had my first visit to a dog park this week. Mayhem. So many dogs, but also lots of natural conversation. So it made my notes. So um, the dog park, the movies, the mall, I don't know. But wherever your place is a frequency, but it's going, okay, what if I go to these places and with just open eyes, with intentionality, ready to show and share, oh, show and share a word, right? To show and share the goodness of God. So that's the first instruction is us just knowing as followers of Jesus, he will call us to go to places with intentionality going, I'm ready to show, to demonstrate, to declare the goodness of who God is. So that's first, right? And moment of honesty. We've had a few of these in this, this Luke 10 passage. This is something I easily neglect, right? This is not something that I grew up being taught, right? I, I think about mission trips. That, were my, that was my go moment. But like locally, just like going places with real intentionality, with real openness and awareness, this is a place of neglect, Right? And also, this is super foreign and weird and kind of nerve-wracking and scary to think about. Um, And I don't want to use a stupid workout example if it doesn't apply, but I think this one works. It will never feel natural at first, right? But so often with spiritual things, we don't give ourselves grace in this area, that it won't feel normal. Um, Two days ago, I was doing those. um, Allow me to demonstrate. Um, I think they're called lunges, but it's where you do this. Okay. And you can hold weight and do it. I looked like a baby giraffe learning to walk. (laughs) Like, you think it's easy to just take a step? It's not for me, right? Maybe it is for you. And so I'm like looking in the mirror, having to see myself look this stupid. And I'm just like, you know, like just like wobbling everywhere, right? But guess what happened as I kept trying right? I think it's called muscle memory. Maybe it doesn't apply. Maybe it's just too short of a thing for it to count as muscle memory. But slowly, like my body was like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. Right here, right here. That's the zone, right? Stood up straight. Not all the way straight, but you know, it got better and better, right? It's like, that's so, such like an elementary thing. Like, you know that when you like concentrate and you keep trying, it becomes more normal. It's easier. It's simpler. And the conversation that we're going to have today is one of those conversations, so even if it feels intimidating and scary on the front end, the more that we just practice this, the more that we just follow God, we're obedient, we go to these places, we're, we're open, and we're willing to just try things out, the more normal this will become. That has been my legitimate experience. And so don't fret. Don't let fear like rob you of the potential of this, this conversation. Okay, so go. That's number one. Let me, change, let me flip my notes. Um, oh, I'm already there. So second, say, right? You're going to use... Your words. And so Jesus says specifically, knock on doors and say, Peace to this house. Right? And so the idea he is getting at here, it's not like I'm not about to instruct us to literally go knocking on all the doors and when someone opens, go, Peace to this house. Because my guess is the fail rate would be high. Right? It's like, Who are you? What's happening? Put your hand down. You know what I mean? I don't know why the hand went up anyway, but that's not the thing. But what is happening is Jesus is going, Hey, Find out what people have peace with you. Like a special sort of peace that doesn't make sense, right? It's like you're going to go and find people that don't yet believe the gospel, but you're going to find a uniquely warm hospitality from them. They're going to welcome you into the home. They're going to make you a meal. Like you'll be welcomed there. And this is something that I have found to be true today, that principle that you can go and expecting, and he'll talk about rejection later. That's going to be there too. You're going to get some doses of that. But you can also fully expect people to be oddly warm to you, oddly receptive. And this is a thing that I've seen be true in my life. And, and maybe you've done this as you've tried to just talk to people um, and, and get to know people. Have you ever found someone who doesn't believe in Jesus, not interested, not a churchgoer, don't ever want to be, but for some reason they know you, They know what you're about, and they're just open to you. There's just a warmth there. Um, Some people in the church planning world call this a person of peace, as do I. So like a person of peace, right? Some of that you go, look, they know what I'm doing. I'm not like being like a spiritual ninja, like in about to do some like Jesus metaphor that they weren't ready for, and then they're just going to start crying. They know I'm a Christian. Like they know what I'm about. And for some reason, there's just like this receptivity. And so it's going, hey, as you go to places, pay attention to people that as you talk to them, you're going to have to initiate, sorry, it's a bummer, you, maybe they'll walk up to you if you get lucky, right? But as you initiate conversation, pay attention to those people that are just oddly open to talking to you, right? So as you're at Starbucks, at some point, stop taking more sips of coffee, the nervous twitch before you actually are like, you know what, This is I kind of feel called to go talk to them. Or as you're at Barnes & Noble, like, stop checking out books, have a conversation, or at Home Depot, stop staring at hammers. You know, At some point, look up, try to have the conversation, but but ask simple questions, get to know someone, and pay attention to who's oddly receptive to conversation with you. I know this sounds crazy, but I'll tell some stories later. This works. It's a thing that actually, people are more open to this than you might expect. Hold on, I had to make sure I don't forget something. Oh, as they talk to you, as you use your words to spark up a friendship that you've intentionally sought out, for the sake of demonstrating the love of God, if they talk back and they ask you questions, that is not your time to be sneaky, right? Or to like lie. You're like, I'm just, at, I'm just just, looking for stuff at Home Depot. I couldn't think of an example, you know? But you don't have to like lie, right? At that point, you can say, actually, I came out here um, and I was just asking God to lead me to people and ask people if I can encourage them or pray for them in any way. But to go out and literally go, this is why I'm here. Like, like, Jesus is like, hey, tell them the kingdom of God came near. Tell them what's going on. Like, you don't have to be weird about it. Like, you can just say, this is kind of what I'm up to. So as you're talking with people, as you find this odd receptivity that I really believe you will absolutely find, you don't have to be subtle or secretive or sneaky about going, I'm here because I feel like God, like, wants me to be here. And if there is any way that I can pray over your life, right, after a conversation, whatever, but if there's any way I can pray over you. If there's any way I can encourage you, I would love to do that. So that's that say piece, okay? Um, all right. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Does this feel clear? Are there any questions yet? Feel free to ask them. Um, we're kind of like just really diving into uh, go and meet strangers and talk to them kind of thing. I know it's kind of weird. Um, all right. So um, third, the do, the do piece. He says, heal the sick and then tell them that the kingdom of God has come near. And so in these moments where you're out, you've had the conversation, right, they've told you what to pray for, this is this moment where God goes, when there is healing necessary, pray for it, straight up. This is a real gut check for me, all right? Like, the idea of talking to someone is already kind of hard, uh, and then when it's like, okay, now I'm going to pray for them, okay, cool, pray for healing, it's like, uh, what if, oh my goodness, this is scary, Right? But Jesus goes, like, pray for healing. And when they experience healing, tell them that the kingdom of God has come near. And look, I I just, this is not a metaphorical part of his teaching. I believe that he wants the people of God to go to spark up conversations to ask if you can pray, to ask if you can encourage, to ask how you can love on somebody. And if they need healing in their life, mental, physical, spiritual, whatever it is, to go, Can I right here, right now, pray over you? And if they're like, I, Not really, I'm not comfortable with that, that can happen, go, I'm going to be praying for you. Like, I'm writing this down, I'm on it. I'm just praying that God meets you here and that you know, whatever the outcome, that God is near. He's close to you. Guys, That is really good to hear. Please remember how good it is to hear that God is close. That is such a good word. We're so, maybe we're not. I'm about to get hard on everybody and I don't don't need to. Maybe you're not like this. I can be so apathetic, uh, forgetful, of how like deep down in my soul all I want to know is that God sees me, He loves me, He's close. He's near. Even as I'm talking right now, I'm like, the things that happen in our lives that hurt us, that, that leave us with skepticism or doubt, and the thing we feel is like, if God is real, He's far away. What a message can be when someone that you've never met walks up to you and go, "Can I pray for you?" Here's what I believe. God is very close. He sees you. He loves you. Our world, our city, needs so much of this, you can't do enough of it. And I think we've had maybe some weird, highly extroverted, God bless you Christians that have weirded us out and made us forget how powerful this can really be. And those were good, honestly, they were more right than I was, those people, right? Like, God, anyway, never mind, that's a tangent. But I really... (laughs) Let's move forward. I don't know what that was. Let's passed out. Um, this is such, we let our fear of someone's no prevent us from giving them the chance to say yes. We let our fear of their rejection prevent us to give them the chance at acceptance and healing. Like, it's so funny and stupid how fear works. It's so dumb. What a useless thing fear is you know what fear's greatest accomplishments are nothing they've never fear has never accomplished anything for anybody like it's not good it doesn't unless no i don't think it's good at all i don't think there's a scenario i don't don't want to address that there could be a positive scenario all right so fear it it just cripples us it prevents us from like giving people the opportunity just to hear very simply god loves you worst case scenario i don't want to hear that okay well i still believe that and we'll talk later maybe not maybe not right but at least you heard it Like, what's the worst that can happen, right? Like, so God's like, or Jesus is saying, go, pray for healing and tell them the kingdom of God, it's really close. It's so near. And I believe what we're talking about here is the story-making aspect of making disciples. It's like one of the most beautiful story-making parts of following Jesus. And this phrase like story-making stuck out in my heart this week because I was thinking about just talking about this We love good stories. God is a masterful storyteller. We're made in his image. We were made to love stories like he loves telling stories. Think about the Bible, this big narrative. We were were given the story of Jesus. We love good stories. I just want you to know that God is inviting you to be a part of more good stories being written. Like in this aspect, walking into places with intentionality and going, I'm going to look for people to talk to. And when I get a chance, I'm going to be honest about what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and I'm going to pray for them. And I'm telling you, there are stories that have yet to been told that have not been written that are waiting for you if you will take this step of obedience. You get to be a part of someone redeemed. Like, I think about, when I think about my story, the way I talk about Dave Clayton or Justin Carrico or my dad, like, I just, I beam about them, and they're not in the room to hear it, but I just, I, I could tell you guys, oh, man, you should just, these stories I have where they just came into my life and all that stuff, and it's like, this room is full of Dave's and Justin's and whatever's, but just your own version that you get to be those people that someone else will be in a different room and will be sharing about when someone reached out to them and said this powerful thing and prayed over them and it changed their life. Like that is waiting for us. I've heard so many good stories this week. One one on my own, like the way that I'm saying, hey, let's go out and let's share with people. Let's pray for people. Let's do this stuff. At one point, someone was doing this to me. Dave Clayton was talking to our staff and saying, we're going to spend our summer doing this. And let me tell you, reluctant doesn't even begin to describe where my heart was at with this exercise. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. Yes, I am, because I have to. That's the only reason, right? Like, okay. And so one day I'm walking around Hesburgh Village, and some of you have been, long enough, been here long enough to remember this, but I'm literally walking around sidewalk, half praying, half hoping. I just don't see a soul. I'm hoping everyone is inside and sick for some reason. I can't even see anybody, so I can't pray for anybody. But as I'm walking, I see a guy playing basketball, and I'm just like, and I just was like, God was like, hey, that's your guy. Like, go hit him up straight up. Go talk to this dude. I'm like, and so I I I go walk up to this dude. All he's doing is shooting hoops, okay? Here I am, not in basketball clothes, walking on a basketball court. Already, it's terrible. Like, I don't look like I should be on a court at this moment, Although I'm sneakily athletic. I'm just kidding. So, I'm just kidding. It's not true. Um, Anyway, so I walk up to this guy, and I'm just like, look, here's the deal. I work on a church staff. I'm walking around this area, and I actually just want to pray for people and encourage people. And I know it's kind of weird, but is there anything you need prayer and encouragement for? And I come to learn this guy's name is Slav Dope, and he's from Ukraine. (laughs) And he and his wife, Julia, are here at the Ronald McDonald House, and their daughter's in critical care. She's in, uh, I think she was in the ICU, actually, at this point, uh, at Vanderbilt, and they're just riding it out, and he is feeling just the pain and the weight of being a father in this moment. And it turns out he's actually Christian, and he starts telling me what's going on and sharing his story. And if I remember right, there were tears on both sides, and we ended up praying together. And then he and his wife came to church uh, a few days later. And then it, her, their daughter was released. She's home now. She's good. And, but it was just this really powerful moment where, at first, it was just some dude shooting a ball, and it could not have felt like that's a really tough thing to interrupt, <laughs> like some guy just shooting hoops. And at the end, here I am telling the story, really powerful story, amazing conversation, amazing prayer. We worship together. Like, that is waiting for you. Stories of rejection, Sure. But your version of those stories are waiting. I have a friend named Nana. She works at, a, at Marathon, at our church at Marathon. She's the Sarah Sullivan of that campus. She's the campus coordinator. And she, there was this time where she was in a class at Lipscomb, and they said, hey, write down how many people you know, whatever their names are, that just don't know Jesus. And all she had down were family members' names. And that is important, but she was like, why don't I know anyone like just around me that doesn't know Jesus? And so what she chose to do about it was she went to, get ready, she went to Hooters, and started going to Hooters every single week and chose to minister to the waitresses every week. She said, I'm just going to go to Hooters all the time and get to know the staff there. And she ended up having a list of 18 people that didn't know Jesus. And the stories, I won't tell all the stories. I won't tell really any of them, but she just started sharing all of these stories. This was this week. Of all these encounters they had, she was like, this one waitress uh, messaged me on Facebook or something, and was like, I still have all of the words of encouragement that you wrote to me, and they're just pinned up all around my house. Uh, Stories of people—never mind. I don't want to misrepresent her stories, so you should ask Nana. I'll give you her contact. But really powerful stuff where she goes to Hooters and just, like, meets waitresses and goes, I'm just going to pray for you guys. How can I pray for you? How can I be your friend? Here's why I'm here. Like, really powerful. I heard another story this week of a guy who uh, started driving Uber as basically a missionary. One, that is smart. That is a genius way to do this, just to meet strangers. And he's just telling stories. A dude came to believe in Jesus in the Uber— I don't even know how they baptized him, but in the Uber, he came to believe in Jesus, like straight up. It's just people going, I'm gonna go to certain places with this level of intentionality. Just pray it up, look for receptivity, and when it comes, go, here's 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 why I'm here. Can I pray for you? And I really believe that this is totally available. Why else are we here? If we actually believe that Jesus is real, like I'm saying this to me, because I'm scared of this, but I got to hear it. So you got to hear it too. Why else are we here? The human heart made to know God. We have mouths to share the word of God. What else would we do? I was reading this passage a few weeks ago. Blew my mind away. Just killed me in the best way. (laughs) In a good way, it murdered me. 1 Thessalonians 2.19. Paul is talking to the Thessalonians. And he's talking about, he's like, guys, I'm trying to see you. I got to come see you. Satan is stopping me from seeing you. I've got to go. And like, golly, Paul really needs to see these people. And then he says in verse 19, for what is our hope or our joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Guys, go there with me. At some point, you're going to come to the end of your life and you're gonna stand before Jesus, straight up. You will stand before Jesus, and you will account for your life. And I guarantee you that in that moment, or I would assume, you're probably gonna go, I wish I would've spent less time here and spent a little more time here. But I think when we picture ourselves standing before a perfect Jesus, I don't know what you picture. For me, I'm like face down, like, my bad. I love you, thanks for the grace, because I didn't do great over here. But Paul goes, no, 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 no. Believe it or not, I will stand before the Lord one day, and I will actually have something to boast about. So go ahead and rearrange the picture of you before Jesus, and realize that you're not only like just like hiding. Or whatever, you're going actually, I got—I spit. I do have some things to boast about. I've got some things to brag about, and it's the souls that were impacted. It's the people that were reached through my words and my actions. Jesus, remember that? Like we partnered together. Remember that conversation? Remember I actually tried the Home Depot thing and that conversation happened? You were there. You led me there. We can brag on that together. Can you picture standing before a perfect and holy God and having something to brag about? You will. Is that hitting you like it's hitting me? Like Jesus, oh my gosh, I'm so glad we're finally getting to be face-to-face. We got a lot to celebrate. That's the only thing. Paul's like, I'm trying to get to you so bad, and Satan keeps being an idiot and stopping me from getting to you, but i got to get to you because I know that when I stand before God, this is the only thing that will matter. This is it. It's amazing how many things get in the way of this conversation. Going out, praying with intentionality, going, God is near, loves you. I'm praying for you. If you want to know him, ask me, I'm down. I will help you get to know Jesus right here, right now because knowing like deep down in our heart one day we will stand before the father and you will have something to boast about it'll be the souls that were impacted through your hands with the leadership of the holy spirit by the power of god right we know that but we get to boast with them which is so cool that's the point of this whole conversation it's not to put you in some weird high pressure situation where you have to figure out how to get to know strangers it's that the hope of God can come down and touch people through your words, through your hands. That's what we're getting at. You don't have to do that. You get to do that. We get to do that. That's amazing. Our culture loves love. We love it. You're so loved. You're loved. You're loved. We, like Jesus is the originator of that message. We get to say that. You are so loved by God himself. And faith in Jesus will change your life for the better forever. That's the message we get to be bearers of. I'm hooked on the soul. That's what was just happening. I didn't know if I wanted to include this part. I guess the one thing I'll add here, the tensions that we can feel with this, Luke 10, 16 says, the one who hears you hears me. The one who rejects you rejects me. And the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. And it's just important to know that we are coming with the words of Jesus. The pressure's not on you to, like, be a really awesome salesman. We're just coming, sharing the message that Jesus, this is Jesus' idea. Like, you don't own the idea. It's his thing. And so even that fear of rejection going, look, I'm going to just offer them what Jesus has told me to offer. And let them say yes or no to him. Straight up. Pressure's off on me. And some of us are here, and you don't even feel worthy to do this. You've talked yourself out of being the person that can share the goodness of God. And that is just like a lie of the enemy and a direct contradiction of the gospel itself. We sit here going, we're not worthy. Jesus is, and he handed his worth over to us. We're kids. We're, ch- we're children of the king, straight up. Because of the grace of God, we come as people unworthy made worthy getting to share the message with everybody else. And so those are some tensions that I felt. So as we go to communion, which we take every week, remembering the bread, that God became flesh, Jesus himself, he became flesh, he sympathizes with us, he knows what it's like to be human. We drink the cup, his blood was shed, it forgives us of our sins. That's why we take communion, we remember the goodness of Jesus, the power of his life, his life given for us. As we do this, I was reminded of a passage in 1 Peter which says, being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you and do it with gentleness and respect. Peter goes, man, be prepared to talk about why you have hope. And over communion, I wanted us just to remember why it is we have hope. It's so easy to forget in the day-to-day, but why is the message of Jesus hopeful to you? Why does that mean so much? Why are you here? You keep coming back to church. You keep reading the Bible, you keep praying, you keep walking in community, you keep confessing and repenting and worshiping. Why? Why do you find that so hopeful? What is so good about God? And I would just love if we could circle up in groups of three to five over communion and share that. What makes you hope in Jesus? Why do you hope in the Lord? Why is he good news to you? And let's just testify for a little bit. You might point out a moment in your life where he rescued you or, I don't know, I don't wanna go down examples. Let's share What's our reason for hope in the Lord? Let's just share with one another. So I'm going to pray. We're going to go grab communion, remembering the, the, the body of Jesus, his death, his resurrection, the victory we have in him, and share with one another the reason that we have hope in the gospel. And these are the kinds of things that we can share out there too. All right, I'm going to pray. I love you, Lord. Um, I pray that this made sense. I pray, God, that um, this felt like orderly and easy to understand and access. God, I pray that you would lead our conversation. Remind us of why following you is awesome, of why knowing you is amazing, why the gospel is so powerful, um, how it changes our lives. Help us to talk with one another today as we talk about the hope of the gospel. As we talk, remind our hearts, as we listen to others, remind our hearts how beautiful this is. I think that'll help us go with intentionality to places, just aware of your nearness and and sharing that with other people. In Jesus' name, uh, amen.